We're in. We're live. Yes, sir. Big dogs. <laughs> Welcome to Half the Experience, the podcast where everything we say, nothing we say matters. Uh, shout out to the other guy, our one listener. Hope you enjoy this one, big dog. Also, let's just do a, a, a non-disclosure. Please uh, follow, like, and share uh, so that way we can multiply apply to two listeners next week. <laughs> we'll get to two. We can do it. I think those numbers are achievable. Yeah, you actually know we have like for 17 listeners. I don't even know how that's possible. No, we don't. There's no yeah, way. I, I looked it up last time. It tells you how many uh, times it's been listened to. Yeah, well, four of those were us. <laughs> hey, look, I'll, t- I'll take whatever we can get, honestly. Yeah, we've just been listening to it over and over to public <laughs> members, boys. <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm not going to lie. I did listen to both episodes more than three times. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the Buns and Udders, by the way. That was uh, the, the, the sponsor, uh, Buns and Udders. That, that's, that's the most awesome company. name I've ever heard. Thank you. I knew I knew the other intelligent person on the podcast would agree. Oh no. <laughs> Dude, what's even crazier is I just came across the original logo. Uh I think it was actually this morning <laughs> yesterday. I found the original drawing. So <laughs> sweet. But so if, <laughs> if you if uh let's see, um how do they how do they do those promos? Uh Subscribe now and enter to win a free ones and others. <laughs> so only one one possible winner could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Your chances are really good, so please subscribe. <laughs> please, please, uh, just know that if you wear any size greater than extra large, you will not get a free T-shirt. <laughs> I, I don't have, we have one size of T-shirt. <laughs> I, I only have one size. So if it's any bigger or any smaller, you're screwed. <laughs> I dressed my ego, so it would probably fit. It may or may not be slightly used. <laughs> it's actually on my floor right now. I'm going to have to wash it. I'm, I'm actually wearing it right now in the podcast. <laughs> you, can, you can have it. Glorious. Also, you must be local for pickup only because I don't have the money to ship it. <laughs> you got to go pick it up in the house. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you the... Uh, uh, the address here after the after the uh, podcast is over. I don't want to go live so the other listeners can get it. <laughs> oh. So what's going on down there in old Florida, dude? Because it's 29 degrees out right now. Dude, it's windy here. That's about it. A lot of wind down here. New York was negative 20 yesterday. Lost my water in my buildings, which which is bad. So uh, that's a project for today. Oh, yeah, it's it's uh snowing. It snowed all day today. It's sleeted, and now it's freezing back over. So, yeah, it's uh it's pretty fun. Watch the ice on the porch when you come pick up the uh, t-shirt. Yeah, so be, be <laughs> please be careful. Slippery slope. Uh, I'll leave. I'll leave water t-shirt. in New York. How do you lose water in New York? Negative twenty. It freezes. And uh, don't you have like wellheads freeze, wells freeze, lines yeah. freezes, and yeah problem yeah that's another another freaking podcast about uh yeah. <laughs> put We're that on the, on put in new york global <laughs> cooling the, the, the global <laughs> cooling problem we got going on yeah i mean the it's global. about time we had something it's been freaking uh hot as all balls here this this winter it's, yeah so it's i mean that's florida for you though 
yeah. Here, that's true. So I know we're going to be, what are we going to be talking about? How lawyers run the world. Um, yeah. Uh, well, one of the things I just, I again, I get all my resources from uh, whether it's either TikTok or um, YouTube. You send me one more TikTok video. <laughs> I'm, now that I know that you... Theory, <laughs> I will 100% believe in it because they're pretty convincing. Honestly, honestly, those weren't even... I don't even think the only one was a flat earth was the uh, song. Dude, you've got to listen to that song. It's absolutely amazing. I did, uh, bro. <laughs> it's the, it's it was terrible. Thing. It no, was worse than buns and utter. It it's was honestly, the long I'm, equivalent of that name. I'm reaching out to the owner of that song to see if we can get rights for the intro of our podcast. <laughs> Wait, are you actually? No, but it, actually, that's not a bad idea. It's super that's fun. Good, yeah, you should actually do that. Um, now that I'm going to put that on my list. Uh, what I was going to say is, um, before I was uh, extremely interrupted by some unknown name, um, there, so the the have you heard about the new tsunami that hit at like four fifty five this morning, or it was the eruption of the um, volcano? Uh, yeah, I saw I saw some videos of like the sound waves of it hitting. Yeah, so I didn't see the actual like tsunami from it. Well, what's crazy? I don't I don't think there was actually a major tsunami. It was just okay. waves hitting the coast of um, California. They're talking about it as a tsunami, which is possible that it will actually become a tsunami in five days uh, or so. But what's interesting, of course, uh, full disclaimer, TikTok, most reliable source be, beyond my opinions. Um, there's nothing more <laughs> ac- accurate and true. So it's, it goes my opinions and then TikTok and then what you guys have to say. Um, but there's a guy that talks about how it's coincidence. It, 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 he doesn't think it's a coincidence that uh, North Korea tests one of their uh, missiles like hours before the eruption of the volcano just a fun little thing to throw out there we won't get you know side swiped on it because i literally just discovered it like 30 minutes ago so yeah i don't i don't know if their missiles yeah who knows yeah it's just a fun thing um and you you can't really trace it obviously because of the direction the missile traveled it just all it did was really prove that the earth is flat so there's not really much to look into brings it back to the flat earth Uh, every time i wonder how long we're gonna do this for probably for every episode Honestly, I will take it to the grave. <laughs> I, all my they will say, they will say, <laughs> John, loving father, flat earther, was always right. Well, I don't even think it will say flat earther. I think it will just say the earth is flat, period. <laughs> Prove me yes, wrong. Not Prove even the name. Wrong. Just the earth is flat. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have a, like an end date or start date. Just says earth was flat, period. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Uh, gosh so we we obviously got all of our intros out of the way we got our shout outs um we another guy we obviously put in our uh advertisement for commercials and and uh, sponsorships so we'll be getting those checks in the mail we don't want to hinder that in any way yeah um so i guess we'll just dive right into the fact that lawyers uh run the world i don't think any one of us is gonna debate that so that's a wrap guys we'll wrap it up with this and i'll see you next week all right. Yes, sir. That sounds good, man. Uh, well, me and Dave will start our second podcast now. All right. Yeah, go ahead. I'll just listen. I'm a listener today. <laughs> You're the other listener on that. Uh, how, okay, so let's let's talk about how lawyers run the world. Dave, what's uh, what, what's, what's the story? You got a story? You got a thesis here? What do you well, got? It was just the uh, you know, top, down, bottom up. You look at kind of a couple of scenarios here, but of uh, 535 members of Congress, I'm not sure how 
current this is, but they're looking at uh, 315 of them are lawyers. And not hate, not a law degree. In fact, I find it to be one of the better degrees out there in life to understand the nuances of life. But, uh, you know, a lot of those people that went through that program or had the ability to go through that program aren't real people living with real problems of real Americans, you know. And then you got, you know, I, like back it up. I just thought of this today as a snowstorm was hitting in upstate New York. When I was a kid, we used to get up at 4 a.m. and listen to the radio to see if our school was canceled. We'd have two foot of snow out front and the school bus would come along and it'd be, the bumper would be pushing the snow and the, and the bus would, we'd get on a bus and away we'd go. Right now we have about a six inch snowstorm coming into New York State and schools are pre-closed uh, with six inches of snow like it's the end of the world, like it's Armageddon coming. And, and it was never like that in history. You know, the snow didn't change and the buses have, I'm sure, better posi traction and better tires and better, you know, you know, braking systems and everything else. But yet we can't do what we used to do in the in the uh, in the early days of the 70s and 80s and beyond because because of lawyers, because somebody <laughs> slipped and fell on the way to the school bus or slipped getting out of it. And now, you know, now the entire you know system gets shut down because of one incident. Yeah, you can take that to a slip and fall in Publix. You can take that to, you know, you used to get uh, when you used to buy your Volkswagen back in the 70s and 80s, it told you how to tear your carburetor down and redo your valves and set your push rod timing, you set your timing and how to you know, rebuild your motor. And, and most owners could out of a magazine rebuild their car. Today, we have the owner's manual is packed full of don't drink the battery acid. You know, you know what I mean? Because, hey, that's a real one, too. I tried that one. Yeah, because somebody. So, so, so we we've lost the ability to to uh, manage simple things in society, and we've made it a, a complicated mess because you know it, it, there's so many disclaimers about something that that you can't even uh, you know uh, function. It, businesses get handicapped. Um, you know, every time you look at something, you got to think of you know employment insurance and in. in, in, in your business, you got a business up there, Buns and Utters, fantastic, yeah. thriving uh, franchise up there in the uh, in the mid states. You know, the, mid- yeah, so the name, is, the, name is, the name is definitely thriving more than the actual business, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can you can see it. You know, you got to make the payroll. You you miss that payroll, you're going to jail. You know, if you don't make it pay within 15 days of the first hour of someone's worked, if you don't pay your unemployment insurance. Uh, like a friend Sergio, I know he spent uh, seven years in federal prison for it. Uh, for wait, what, for what? what not paying employment insurance. Uh, mm-hmm. Workers comp. I said not paying. Is that like a big glaring mistake? Is that easy to like miss? Is that like in the 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 you know the the tiny little lines at the bottom of the page that you must do this, or is that like hey everyone pays worker comp? There's no way you should have missed that. Well, oh, well now, now that goes state by state, and it also goes based off of you know what kind of job you have or what kind of industry you're in, and then based off of employee to you know again the tasks or so like I, I could say for the restaurant industry, if we were under 30 employees, we did, we were not required by state to pay uh, workman's comp. Um, we also had to just have disclaimers that if you were under the age of 16, you couldn't handle knives or any of the equipment um, or work the grill or the fryer. So, um, but it is still, it is annoying. You, I mean, if you don't know these things and, you know, you get caught with your pants around your ankles, you're exactly right. You're getting fined or, you know, arrested for 
but where do you go to like find all this information? Like, I want to start a business. Is it is it? There's a, like website with all the things you have to do, or like what? How do you know all this stuff? Well, well, let, let me let me jump into this one. This, okay. Yeah. There, there there's probably uh, you know this two thousand square foot house right here. If it was eight and a half by eleven sheets of paper, what you're required to follow, the paperwork couldn't be fit in this house. But yet, if you make one mistake, you're held to that standard of, of yep. uh, why did you pay the service contract act ten percent vig on the uh, on the uh, hazardous waste pay differential or the nighttime differential or the ten paid holidays on the service contract act because you knew that you were loosely affiliated to a congressional budget even though you're on a private private job. It's like wow, you, you know, it's like such a headache. Because there's a line in there called the federal acquisition regulations, and this is once it's in your contract, you're stuck with this, even though that one line tied you to you know sixty thousand pages of stuff you never even saw, and you're yeah. trying to just serve buns and nutters barbecue at the next uh, fiesta at the navy base. So why would you even? Why would you even want to do like? How- I don't even know how you get started with doing a job if you have all this stuff. Like, how could you even? Know? Well, and, yeah. So, I mean, this is, I w- and we might even have to do a two part with this one because, I mean, the other thing is exactly what you're saying. How would you even know that? Well, you don't. Most of the people just sign the fine, the, the line, and they don't read the fine print. That's actually why, you know, it's it's super important. Even let's just take something as simple as downloading a new app. It says, "Do you agree to all the terms and agreements?" You know, have yeah, you ever read one? Yeah, nobody reads that. Nobody reads them. They just hit the they hit the checkbox. You don't even sign it anymore. But you're somehow you know legally liable, and actually you're at fault if you break any of the terms of the, that agreement because you checked the box and hit, yeah, I agree, and downloaded it on your phone. So I mean, the reality is most people don't read a tenth of what they're actually signing their name to. Um, same thing when you buy a home. Uh, you know, you, obviously, Lily, you you haven't done that yet, but. Uh, I mean, I've sat in the office signing paper after paper after paper. Now I had a lawyer um, and yeah, I trusted him. So I just went with what he said. Hence, you know, here we are talking about this topic. Yeah. Should I, maybe not, I don't have the house anymore. So I'm out of that, out of that contract, you know, void at this point, but I didn't, I didn't spend the time to read that. That was like 40 something pages, you know, but all of it has, you know, some sort of uh, agreement, verbal handshake slash you struck the pen to the paper. Now you're, you're liable for all that. So, um, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, let's go back to the beginning here. Yeah, That sounds terrible. Let's go you back. Know, well, <laughs> I, I just, I want to give, um, I want to confirm what Dave was saying. Uh, again, you know, you, Dave and Lily don't quote me, but our viewers, you got our listeners, you can quote me for sure. Uh, it'll hold up <laughs> in court. Um, but it, when I looked it up. I, I did my research a little bit before we were getting into this. Of course, we had the uh, snow Armageddon come through, and I left all my stuff at the house. I'm over here at a different house now. Um, but it's it's like 46 uh, percent, whether it's the House, the um, Congress representatives, or presidents, uh, all practice law, uh, and it's, some of them don't even have a a law degree out of Almost, I think it was 90% out of all of them practice law, not 46, but 90, 90 something percent of them practice law. 46% actually went to and get a, got a degree. The rest did not. And the ones that did, it was very fascinating, either graduated from Harvard or from Yale. Now, Yale was a branch off from a graduate from Harvard, and Harvard is a government funded uh, institute, which is insane. It's also the oldest known institution in the United States. Which is just a little fun fact. So let's just get some foundational. What is Harvard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the oldest known institution in the United States. 
funded by a government. Oh, funded by a government. That is that legit? That can't be real. So I, this again, you guys can't quote me on it, but anybody else listening, quote it, take it to court, you'll win. Um, this is just quick research that I, I can remember from what I was looking up, but there's a, it's freaking fascinating to see who actually has degrees and who did not. And then the ones that did not, the ones that still practice law without a degree, which is kind of interesting since they tell you without a, you know, a degree in law, you can't practice it yet. How are they getting away with it? Well, they are the law, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's just crazy. I just want to get, you know, before we got too far ahead, you, you know, you said, you don't know how up to date it is. It's pretty accurate still. Take, take a non-lawyer. Like for example, Trump was a non-lawyer, but I would dare say I would hate to be, against Trump in a legal debate on something because he is, he would be so adverse in law uh, because his whole life he's dealt with what we just talked about as far as employment law and service contracts and all this stuff. Uh, he could probably sit down and off the top of his head, write a book on legalities and probably better than some attorneys in their field. Cause he's, oh, he's yeah. do it so much is that he's essentially a, a ex post facto lawyer, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's how he got to where he's at. I mean, he, he figured out the loopholes in bankruptcy and uses it to his benefit. I mean, people hate him for it, but it's hey, look, it's a legal loophole. So he's not breaking the law; he's just working within the way the law is structured, which is it's stupid. But you can't be mad at someone from do for doing the very thing that it's designed to yeah. do. That's one thing I've never like. You can't like, hey, these loopholes that these individuals are using that are you know owning multi-million dollar businesses hey guess what those loopholes are there for you too you know what i'm saying They're yep, just- exactly yeah well i mean and, and i'll uh obviously i was arrested uh twice one was a misdemeanor one was a felony but within the felony i had a I had to plead guilty to something i didn't do so that i would get a less charge on what i did do <laughs> it's like i'm sitting there i'm sitting listening to my lawyer he's like yeah so this is what you're going to say this is how you're going to respond you're not going to say anything in or outside of these lines uh, and then when you're done, you're going to strike the paper. You're going to pay sixteen hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, you're going to have a slap in the wrist. You're going to take a little anger management class, and you'll be good in about a year and a half. It'll be wiped off your record. Everything's good to go. And I'm sitting there going like, "What?" So basically, what it was, I had um, I had possession of stolen product that I was selling, and you know whether or not I knew or didn't know that it was uh, stolen at the time is irrelevant. But basically what I had to plead to was that I was uh, I was working on and uh, modifying computers for somebody. So I still was getting charged with possession of the stolen items, even though I was selling them. And I don't even know how to literally boot up a computer and, you know, modify my email. I have to literally every time I have to ask him, hey, how do I get my signature to go back? You know, so I'm sitting there. I'm like, dude, I, I don't know. He's like, it doesn't matter what you know how to do. Um, you just have to, you know, say you're guilty to this. So that's, that's just how it works. If you don't have a lawyer. Did you, did you turn yourself in on that one? I turned myself in on both of them. One obviously okay, was so you turned yourself in for integrity and then you lied about what you did commit to get out of a harsher sentence. Look, when you put it that way, uh, it's not as awesome as it sounds. <laughs> With integrity, I turned myself in, but I lied to get myself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you've got like I'm giving you sixty percent integrity on this one for turning yeah. yourself in, Bravo. Secondly, uh, you, you you lied to get out of a harsher sentence. So it's it's crazy. It's just like that's just the system we have, though. It's, I know, uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, blame the system, you scumbag. Can yeah, you imagine. <laughs> 
And, and that right now is why I run from the cops. I can't trust them. <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> dude, what a, my, what a mess. I feel like, dude, I guarantee you, like, before these, like, sentences and hearings for um, everyday bottom-and-barrel criminals like yourself at the time um, and still, <laughs> they definitely meet in the back room with their boys. It's like, I know Dave. Dave went to law school with me. I'm like, hey, man. This is the dude. This is what we're dealing with. You know, good dude. Not, you know, no record. Here's what we're going to do. And you're like, yep, all right. That's what we're doing. You talk to the judge. Judge is like, all right, boys, what we're we doing? This is what we're doing. All right. It has to be like that. 100%. Let me put it this way. I won't, obviously, I didn't give out any names, so I can keep it this way. Um, the lawyer straight up told me, uh, we'll be good to go. I know the judge that's on your case. Yeah. Sure, tell me they didn't go and get you know Chinese afterwards. Absolutely, did they both you know went got Chinese and split the sixteen hundred dollars amongst themselves and gave the, you know the state fifty bucks or something. You know that's why our roads are still bumpy and have potholes. But um, that's just how it works. This this is also after I paid the lawyer uh, somewhere around eleven thousand dollars. You know, to now I'm grateful, absolutely grateful that I got to lie and not go to prison for seven years. But um, and my integrity is 100% for turning myself in, so I'm good with that. <laughs> that ratio of math. Here's the thing. like, it, Is there any – I mean, we can sit here and talk all the way. I'm sure Dave's got a bagillion stories about how um, you know, lawyers are, are you know, doing this and that in cases and scum of the earth are, are helping his ass. But what what's the positives with lawyers? Like – like, what is there any benefit? Because, like, look at the law system, right? Because you still hear cases like the Epstein case, the uh, uh, whatever political where it's like people are being held accountable for their actions in this country. And then you hear about other countries like Colombia, uh, South American country countries, um, freaking Africa, like where where the bad guys are not in any way, shape or form. There's no hope of them being brought to justice. Is America ahead of other countries with our with our legal system or no? I guess it could be worse. You could be innocent as hell and they just throw you in jail. Yeah, exactly. Lose the key in some, some of these countries, you know. Yeah, I know I was one of the few Americans uh, that got unmasked. You remember all the unmasking and stuff? Uh, I, I was with, for example, Bank of America for, I don't know, 20 years or something. And uh, mask, when they unmask you, they go and take all your records. Now, you don't know this is happening. You're in your emails, you're on your phone, you're tapped and all this stuff. And I'm going about my life thinking everything's normal. I go to buy gas with my credit card and it's like declined, declined. I don't know. I go to – I use like two or three cards from Bank of America. I finally go to Bank of America. They said, uh, you've got two days to move your account. Buy. They said, it's a back room. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? What What I do? What? Did, but at that point, I knew I was unmasked. I called my attorney. I was like, what the hell? He's like, well, it happens. You, you're, you, you're, you're, they're under it. So they go in and, and about a year later – they came after me with a, I think a 13 year audit of every piece of paper I've ever done to the IRS looking for anything. I mean, anything, and by the way, I'm good. I'm an honest American. I probably overpay uh, uh, to, to the nose. And I was able to show that they couldn't find anything with my, with my receipts and such from 13 years ago, which I, God, I can't believe I still had it. And they finally concluded that uh, I was okay. By the way, they found, remember I talked about the, the millions of sheet of paper that you're tied to, that there was a piece of paper I didn't file with the IRS. No, although we didn't owe me taxes, zero dollars in taxes. This one piece of paper was a $10,000 a year fine plus penalties and interest. Oh, jeez. Over 13 years. Mm. So, so by, by the way, there was two pieces of paper per year. 
long short was I had they're looking for like a couple hundred thousand dollars of IRS funds over a piece of paper missing, although I don't owe them any money, but because they found this this checkbox unchecked, um, it threw a it threw a whole hell, hailstorm. Wait, so yeah. why did why did Bank of America say drop you? Like what what did they find? Because that was a risk because typically unmasked people are the Jeff Epstein's of the world or whatever. Okay. They're looking for international, uh, you know, child trafficking, yeah. gambling. So uh, they saw drugs. that you were a mass and they're like, oh, we can't, we're not going to deal with this guy. Yeah. 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 They're basically yeah. trying to figure out what you're fronting. Gotcha. Because they, they yeah. might, they, they probably have the Bank of America and their lawyers probably said, okay, we got to spend $10,000 coughing up 20 years of receipts on David Reed yeah. to the federal government. They got, they got burdened with that request. You know, I don't blame them. You know, fact is, they made a business decision. Get rid of yeah. me. You know. Yeah. yeah and, I'm, and I'm glad that you asked that question because I know, you know, Lily and both our, our one listener were probably confused, wondering if you were talking about masks for like COVID. Um, <laughs> John, that was <laughs> that was the worst <laughs> joke. I'm not gonna lie, it crossed my mind as well, but <laughs> I didn't say it because I was like, no, that is. A... Listen, I'm gonna. Hey, um, look, I want you. I want you to be totally, you know, transparent and comfortable. I don't want you to ever feel like you can't share your mind here. Um, so I did it for you, and oh uh, we're, we're, we're good. We're good to go. So, oh, and this is why we don't have any listeners. Yeah, this is literally the reason we have zero listeners. But okay, so they unmasked you. They audited your stuff. Um, pieces of paper missing. Compounded payments. Income the lawyers. And, uh, oh, I'm still yeah, still paying, still paying. Uh, the 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 goal is is that you go through like three different court hearings, and at the end of the third one, after I paid le- legal fees on both sides, uh, I get to the finish line, and they either will drop the whole thing, or they'll decide to whack me, uh, you know, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, or whatever it may be, oh, some dis- some discount or zero. Do you ever do you ever regret starting a business? <laughs> oh, it's one of these things. It's like it's like it's, it's hard because I don't know that if you ran any moderate business. I mean, even small business. I mean, just making a hundred thousand dollar paycheck, uh, taking all that risk. We could lose your home, lose your car, lose everything. Federal prison. Yeah, yeah. taking all that risk, federal prison and all, um, because a piece of paper was missing that you, literally you had no knowledge of. You paid accountants to do your taxes. Yeah. You know, and they missed the checkbox too. You know, it's not like, you know, I, I know I'm not a CPA. I'm not a, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm not a public accountant. You know, I don't know all the pieces of paper it, it's beyond me. I, but anyways, when you, when you get stuck with stuff like that, you, you, so all you gotta do is just, you know, duck for the punches and hope for the best and hope you don't lose your home and your kids can still eat dinner at night, you know? Oh jeez, dude! But, yeah. but it, it, you know, and I'm saying America is horrible. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge America fan, but it's it's come to the point where I think America in the '50s had a lot less of this than you know America in the 2020s that we're looking at now. You know, is there is there any way back from this? Is there any correction to it? I mean, what? Yeah, we go back I mean, to businesses are oh. still starting every day, right? So I mean, Trump. probably they don't know. Trump they started don't, it. They don't know about it. You guys remember yeah. the, the marshmallow tax in New York State? They had, if you bought small marshmallows, there was no tax. But if you bought the big marshmallow, there was a tax I, on it. I don't remember that. No. It goes back to the 20s when the big marshmallow, whatever it was. But anyways, uh, you know, there's this tax on marshmallows. You know, I, I think it got debated, but 
you know, recently, but long punchline is, is that Trump got accused of like lifting like 500 crazy tax thingies out there and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to right size some of the stuff. So there's movements to do that, but it's so beyond the average American that's, that's, you know, a lineman or a working for a paycheck and dude, gets yeah. W4. Just listening to this gives me a headache. I just, oh, yeah, dude, you can go to the uh, U.S. Supreme Court uh, .gov website and you can look at all the appeals and syllabuses and everything written that they like go through. And it's broken down by like weeks of a month all the way to the date. Dude, there, there are so many things. It's crazy. But going back to the question, is there anything good of, you know, having the system like we do in America with lawyers and whatnot? I mean, it's, I think it's easy to argue for sure. And I want to touch on the idea of like, here's what's interesting. You have to have a law degree to practice law. At least that's what they tell you. Yet our government system is based off of creating laws that they there enforce with people that are creating laws that don't actually have a law degree, but they can practice the same law that they're creating, which then in turn gives them the ability to enforce that law, which is just a big money game scheme for them. So um, kind of like what you were asking, like, is it better than what you got from here versus other countries where you're just getting locked up in the bad people? Are, I think it's at least uh, worth mentioning that at least over there, you know, the bad people are in charge. Over here, we somehow praise the very same bad people that are in charge as the good people. Um, and we, we label them, you know, Republican versus Democrat. And so therefore, it's like you get to determine which one's the bad one. But the reality is they both go to lunch together. They have the same penthouse suites together. They're all sleeping together. So there's no really good or bad side to it. It's just, you know, they made a game out of it to where it's like, hey, you pick which team. Um, and the underdog will never win. We get rich, you get pissed, and nobody ever wakes up from this psychopathic, you know, cycle. So um, I think we need to go back to, you know, a, a go back to the Bible a little bit here. They had the same structure. Um, you know, I think it was at least a little bit more uh, painful because you knew the stakes of the crime. Um, like if you listen to all the laws that were, you know, Yahweh put out there. Um, you were put to death for like the big ones and like they would hold to that. So at least there was a, like when you knew there was a punishment, you knew you can get it. Like now most people know that if they just get a good lawyer, they can get their way. They, they could probably get their way out of it or even get a yeah. better settlement. Um, and even sometimes come out on top and make money in, in, in doing the crime. So um, I would say that there, yes, maybe the idea of it's good, but when you really start to break it down and how it's actually structured, I, I don't really see it to be too good. Well, what's the alternative? I mean, you can't, you can't, you point out <laughs> problems. You got to give a solution here. What it, yes. I mean, dude, a, a court of law, like, it's not a bad, like, it's not a bad thing, right? Like a court of law where you can go to law, you can get a really good lawyer who knows the laws. At the, the core idea of it is good. I mean, what, what are we dealing with here? So, so I, as I understand the, the trajectory that happened was, around the twenties, around Woodrow Wilson era, which I understand being the worst president and racist ever. Um, he ends up, uh, knew that you couldn't change the constitution because it was pretty strong. And what he did is they knew through the court system that you could come up with rulings. Now, like I say, you're not supposed to shoot people. If you do, you, you might go to jail because you killed somebody. Right. Yeah. But, but, uh, there are so many ways now there's many ways to, you know, even something as draconian as that, there's so many ways to uh, to get out of, uh, you know, get away with murder, if you will. 
And, mm-hmm. and so we, we've kind of lost the common sense because, you know, it's not just the law that's written, it's the interpretations of that law. You know, yep. Smith versus Smith back in, you know, 1950 is still a prevailing thing where you, you did something wrong, but the judge ruled if it had this one little characteristic, it wasn't wrong and you could get away with it, you know. Depends on the state too, right? Like no, it's the state. Judges in Florida versus judges in California. And it could go to the federal, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And the feds could rule on it, you know, you could, well, I think Alabama did it. Uh, you could not, it was illegal to uh, marry outside of your race or something like that in Alabama. <laughs> and uh, and uh, that, 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 the people, the people voted for it. The, the Alabama wanted that. Uh, and ultimately it was the Supreme Court had to rule that that, that was a uh, improper law by the state allowing interracial marriages and whatever else happened back in the day. And, uh, but anyways, it's just uh, the, the law gets twisted and twisted and twisted. And then you can make these crazy laws. Hey, we just had one recently. What was it? Five to four. You had the right to right to possess a, a weapon. We almost lost that two years ago in the courts. Um, you know, it was a five to four decision where your, your right to own a weapon in the U.S. was actually your right to do that. You know, it was unambiguous. No, that was not up. That was not up for it. It was, was up a, for discussion. It was a five to four in front of the, in front of the big court. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and here's, here's, here's firearm, you, uh, hang on. pistol, and you almost lost the right with one vote. And it was uh, the time it was. Uh, I didn't hear about that. I feel like that would have made waves. It made huge waves. It was. Oh, it was, it was it made waves to those that paid attention. <laughs> but the, the court upheld it. But just keep in mind, it was a five to four. I mean, it could have been a four to five on that. What if, dude? Imagine, I mean, if that law passes and they have to go around collecting pistols. How many, freaking, how many freaking how's that gonna work there's no here's, a, here's another here's another fun fact that if you were you missed it you might have missed it uh what dave is getting at is what's interesting is our amendment and rights actually trump federal and state law so like for example just because a state has a law you can't open carry does not mean you can't you actually can it's the question of do you want to go to court for it in that state and do you have the money to win that um and that's what they're doing ultimately they're, what they're doing is they're they're castrating the people one by one. They know that the average Joe isn't going to go to court for their amendments and their rights, uh, so they much rather just appeal to the state law or aka federal law in that case, uh, and take it as law. So go, hey, you know, I'll I'll wear my mask at Walmart just for now because I'm just tired of it. But then they that's how they do it. They they connive their way into the lives of the people slowly but surely, and they get enough people on board with money. So they start to buy it and say, hey, if you, if you continue to enforce this mandate, we'll, we'll actually make it a law in a few years. And people won't even know. It'll happen right up underneath their noses. And they won't even know it's happening. Um, and it started with your bigger stuff like guns and different things like that. That's what they're doing. But your amendment and your rights actually still trump federal and state law. The question is, are you going to hold your ground and be willing to go to jail for it? Until someone else stands with you. And a lot of people say no to that. That's where the line's drawn. They know that because it's a fear-based agenda that they're pushing. This isn't anything new. Um, <clears throat> so you, you can literally open carry anywhere you want for any reason at all with any kind of weapon you want. Now, someone would argue, uh, I don't know, that's a little bit. Th-. Again, this is how law works. It, it's, it twists the fine print and it changed some things to, you know, for their benefit. And then we get so far away from the truth that, you know, someone would stand up and, and rebuttal that statement I just made solely from the fact that they're going off of a state law or a federal law. But the reality is those things were put into place, our, our amendment and our rights. We, 
as American citizens since uh, 1776, anybody born in the United States is actually uh, uh, an inheritance of the land itself. Like it's our land, it's our right just for being born there because of what our founding fathers did and how they made these things into play. Most people don't even know that though. Most people wouldn't even know, like, are you kidding me? They were like, no, I was just born here. Like, I, I get to inherit my house, and, like, my dad left me a, an old baseball mitt. No, no, you actually have inheritance to the United States of America. Well, it's become a country, or, I mean, a company now, and there's a bunch of other things. So, again, we're, we're pointing out a lot of problems. You want a solution? I mean, the solution is literally as simple as just recognizing we need to take out NASA. It is a flat earth, and we need to come to agreement on that. <laughs> Hey, what, what, what a bizarre story. I'm, I'm in New York State, but I've got my uh, long arm, which was a 308 rifle, in my passenger seat, unloaded legally, legally carrying it. Got a jack over top of it. Not a big deal. Uh, I'm going down the road, hauling my snowmobile in my trailer. I see a cop fly over the hill behind me, just about wreck his car, trying to get it turned around. I saw this, this train wreck happening. Cop follows me about a mile from my house. I pulled over in a bar room because he was, had his lights on. And he goes walking out and he says, uh, do you have any weapons in the car? And I do have a long arm. I don't think you have to even admit to it, but I said, yes, I do. Cause I'm not worried about a long arm in New York state. And, and I show him a gun. He says it loaded. No. Uh, do you have the ammunition for it? Yes. It's in the back. It's locked. It didn't have to be locked. It just couldn't be loaded in the gun. Get out of the car. Put your hands on my hood. I put the hands on his hood. I'm in a t-shirt. It's uh, around November. It's probably 20 degrees out, 10 degrees out. And I stand my hands in the hood. Oh, and he says, let me see your permit for that weapon. I said, sir, I've been hunting in New York State all my life. You do not need a permit. I have a hunting license. You don't need a permit to have a long run in New York State. Well, we'll see about that. Hands in the car. He takes my gun. He goes back to the car. 30 minutes later, this cop comes out of the car and says, you're right. You don't need a permit to own a long arm in New York State. And while I had my hands in that car, I also just happened to have 2012. I just happened to have my... Uh, Brand new baby daughter. And I'm thinking, I got three years mandatory in New York State Jail. I'm not going to see my daughter for three years. And and there I sat, freezing my balls off in front of my bar. And my buddies out probably throwing beer cans at me. <laughs> while I ended up, uh, well, the cops. And then we got done. He's like, let's walk around your car, do an inspection. Okay. Walk around the car, do an inspection. Gets to a taillight. Taillight was blinking just fine. He's like, I don't think I, that taillight's bright enough. He writes me a ticket for a weak flashing taillight and I, I i drive off with a 500 a repair ticket or Did whatever you protest that in court i sent the judge a letter the judge threw it out but you know more of the story is that's just raping of the of the public same yeah, same, same spot i was i i left the bar room one night i don't drive drunk ever i had like two beers i walked to the bars like two mile or two i'm walking back to the bar to my house two miles no big deal and the police officers pull me over what are you doing I'm walking down this road. Who are you? Why is it important to New York State Police that why I'm walking down this road? Uh, where are you going? Public road, right? Public road. Right. What, 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 you know, paved road? Uh, what, what's, and so we go back and forth. And finally, I said who I was. And I said, if I don't need to be on this road, I can walk in the pond, the creek over there and walk to my house. I said, is this a problem? And, uh, you know, they detained me for about a half an hour and let me go. And I am the nicest person. Uh, nothing but yes, sir. No, sir. Wouldn't even look him in the eyes because you know they don't want him to get a baton sight. <laughs> don't, don't look, don't look him in the eyes. Might get mad. My, my they like dogs. Yeah, they growl. But it's just, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a fleecing of, it's a fleecing of like the American privileges that we have of walking down a public right of way. You know, I shouldn't have to be pulled over and fleeced for uh, 
for walking up. I get it. If there was a six foot one white guy in a red hunting jacket walking You're down the road. You're 5'11". They, 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 <laughs> they, they just robbed a bank. I get it. You know, I'm a suspect in a bank yeah. robbery. And I can prove that I was in the bar. There's room none of that, the though. It's just literally just harassing you. It was just, just total harassment of the public trying to find something. Anything, you know, what, what Dude, New York state cops are on a different level. I've never, you know, I've never had a bad interaction with the cop. Jesus. Never. Not once. Every interaction I've had with the police officer has been a good one. Every single one. Never, never had a bad, never had a bad interaction. I'm waiting for it, but yeah, never. Not yet. Yeah, I, I what about, what about you, John? <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's, let's go with this one. So, um, first of all, like, it's just, Hearing that is just stupid. I mean, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it comes back down to he was just unwilling to admit he was wrong, so he'd much rather find something stupid to write your ticket for. So let's just put that out there, full disclaimer. Um, the one of the one of the things this was when I was dumb and young. I've had a lot of bad experience with cops, not because the cop was bad, but because I was an idiot. Um, so make sure that's good. Uh, one one of them. This is a funny one. Uh, I got pulled over. I was I was late to work one day. Uh, so there's this road called Wade Hampton Boulevard, and then we're at 20, Highway 29, and then it comes over to uh, uh, South Pleasantburg. So I come from Wade Hampton and shoot off uh, South Pleasantburg. Speed limit goes from 45 to 40, then drops down to 35. I'm doing about 50, and I'm crossing lanes. So I'm going from left all the way to far right. It's a three-lane uh, highway or three-lane uh, yeah highway on both directions. So it didn't matter whether I was on 29 or you know Pleasantburg. Okay. I knew I needed to get over to get to the job that I was going bourbon i'm not speeding just to speed i'm speeding to get around the traffic so you're supposed to accelerate two paths that's literally in the law so i'm doing that and there's a unmarked um yeah state trooper and i passed by him and shoot out that he's had a little shootout so he had to turn the opposite direction to come after me i knew he was coming after me the light was yellow i could have gone up over the hill and got in the way i decided to pull off at walgreens and i'm waiting which seemed like an eternity probably like 45 seconds he comes up from behind I got all my windows down um, at the time I was bald and um, he comes up to the car and he's like, uh, you know, he's a young man, uh, is there, is there a reason why you're, you're speeding? And I was like, you uh, said something dumb, didn't you? I, yeah. I said, <laughs> yeah. So actually there's, you know, there was a fire back on, Oh no, no. He said, is there a reason? Was there a fire in Hampton? That's what he said. He said the fire thing. He said, was there a fire in Hampton? Is that why you were speeding? And I said, uh, yes, officer, and I'm trying to get my children home safely. And he looks in the back because the windows are open. And there's no kids in the car. <laughs> and he goes, are you are you being smart with me? I said, no, officer, I'm the dumbest person here. And uh, he's like super pissed, dude. And he goes, give me your registration and license. So I handed all the information. And he's like, you were, you were doing at least 65. I said, actually, I was doing 50. I was paying attention to that. I was changing lanes. Um, and I used my blinker. He's like, well, you almost took the front clip of my car off. I said, no, officer, that wasn't true either. So he gets my information. He walks back to the car and he comes back and writes me a ticket, basically. Um, hands me the ticket. I go, man, you just hate me because I'm bald. He was also bald. And <laughs> he, he did not laugh. So he was super pissed at that. Uh, so that's just a fun one. That's the kind of stuff I used to do. I was just super dumb. I think it was like 19 at the time. Dude, my nightmare is getting pulled over with you, bro. <laughs> that's why. So, so here, here's the, here's a real one though. So I was coming back while I was helping a buddy out at his house. We were wiring his dad's barn at the time. He was an electrician. I was just an idiot. I was there to hold wire and help him. Um, and it's like one in the morning I'm driving back. I'm in my Camaro. It's a uh, 92 Camaro, uh, square body 
super low to the ground, blacked out. Uh, there's a where I'm coming from. There's this road that you have to come back to. You're basically it's two sets of light. It's a highway that you have to cross over the first direction of highway, stop in the middle, another light, and cross over to get to the, the direction you're going. Super dumb intersection. Um, and I'm sitting there, dude, and the light's not changing. Like I said, it's like one or something in the morning, super late. It's not changing, so I make, and then I make a left to go around. So I'm avoiding the, the traffic light, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But this is after I sat for a while. It's pitch blackout. Uh, he comes to the car, the whole routine. I have my seatbelt on. My buddy's in the car with me. He comes to the car, windows down, everything's normal. He said, you know, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, it probably has something to do with the fact that I turned right and then turned left to avoid the traffic. I said, but I was an officer doing that. I'm tired. The light wasn't changing. Um, so instead of running the red light, I chose to make a right and a left. He goes, that's exactly why I pulled you over. Let me see your license registration. He goes <clears throat> back to the car, comes back and says, so I wrote you a ticket for evading the traffic uh, light and for not wearing a seatbelt. So when he asked me to give him my license and registration, I literally said, I have to remove my seatbelt to get you to my, uh, my wallet. So I was like, Dude, are you kidding me? Like, I Wait, literally. Why'd you have to? Where's your wallet? At the time, I, w- I kept it in my back pocket. So I literally unbuckled to get my wallet out of my back pocket. Okay. My buddy was in the car, and I literally was like, Are you, dude, are you kidding me? I literally had my seatbelt on. And the buddy's like, Yeah, you literally watched him take a seatbelt off to give you the, you know, the license. So he says, Don't argue with me. He had at this point already called backup, too, which was super stupid. And the guy, the guy, officer, never even got in the car. So. I took the ticket. I was like, whatever. It's like 400 something dollars for everything. Um, and it's in Easley, which was uh, about 35, 40 minutes from where I worked in Greenville. I had to go to court. So this one I actually went to court for because I can actually prove that I was wearing a seatbelt. So I went to court. I waited. Uh, literally, the uh, judge was like, hey, you know, anybody here uh, not plead guilty? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm pleading guilty. I got I'm, I'm trying I like I'm fighting this one. <laughs> so we get through yeah, the, the judge was like we're well, gonna have to wait we have to go through all these people i literally lost like four hours of work this day go to the court or go through all the people finally step up and the a judge was like what are you what are you trying to um you know prove here i said well one i don't have any problem paying the ticket for evading the traffic light because that's a given i told him that i i literally owned up to that on the spot i said but what i am here to do is prove that i was wearing a seatbelt and prove that he couldn't tell that i wasn't wearing a seatbelt because in the ticket in the statement that he wrote with it, with it he said he pulled me over because he noticed that i didn't have my seatbelt on and so because of that i literally uh, had pictures of three different pictures from in a car from in an suv from a truck and from right directly standing behind my car that even with standing directly behind my car you could not tell whether i was wearing or not wearing a seatbelt even if i was wearing the seatbelt so because of that the judge throughout the whole thing i had to pay 75 bucks and walk out Wow, man. It sounds like you got off on one. Sounds yeah. Like so, good, sounds like you need a good attorney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On that one, I just need to not be an idiot. I mean, I was young in that one, too. So, but, you know, that's just a, a fun one, a good good old wholesome story. Uh, he was probably a young, brand-new officer just wanting to flex. Um, you know, that's just how it is. But most of the time, when I got a ticket, it was because I was an idiot. Like, I got a ticket one time because I burned out. It was like 100-and-something yards. Uh, the, the officer, literally, I, I saw the blue lights through the smoke for like, what seemed like an eternity. It was probably again, another like minute or so. As soon as, as soon as the officer came to the car, I was like, uh, 
something wrong, officer? And he said, shut up and give me your registration and license. Because uh, it was just so much smoke. You couldn't see anything through it. Um, so, you know, that one I paid. I didn't even fight that one. I literally went to the court. It got dropped, you know, 50 bucks, whatever it was. But Dave, like, most of my stuff I earned, uh, you know, earned or deserved, however you want to look at that. Dave, you've got some experience with uh, cops overseas, do you not? Do you have the do you have this uh, the beer store in the back pocket for the 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 bust of the uh, what was it Panama? Where were we at? I'm not even sure, but it was uh, uh, yeah. I've been to a lot of foreign countries, not a lot of crazy stuff. I don't remember beers in a foreign country. You gave them all the shirts. The cops came up there. Oh, oh I, was in, I, was in, I was in I was in Cuba. Oh, Cuba. Okay, I was in Cuba. We we uh, we. Blue checkpoint Charlie in Cuba, <laughs> Cuba, and uh, we had step a, on it, boys. Whoever drove me through a roadblock, smash you up. And we're, we're <laughs> in Cuba, there's not a whole lot of you know, you're not you're, you're in trouble in Cuba. And as the guys come running down the roads, they have no cars and stuff. Like, <laughs> we're on a peninsula, and I'm at a hotel, and I'm the only Spanish speaker, and I speak horrible Spanish, like horrible. And the guys come running up, and uh, they want to know what the girls the girls we had, and we had like a car full of women, you know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we 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 blew it with a three cylinder Suzuki, you know. Blew the checkpoint in this little car the size of your couch. And uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> as we come up M16s or whatever, you know, we're we're there, and I, I'm talking to the guys, and finally they come up to my room to look for the women. They weren't in the room. Finally, I'm like uh, camisas, you know, shirts. And they're like, uh, uh, and they look around, you know, and. So we start, I break out the red stripe, uh, Budweiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't had Budweiser beer over there. So I end up partying with, uh, with, uh, with the uh, elite uh, the international, international berets of Cuba, the, the, you know, and uh, threw a party for them for, uh, for not going to uh, prison for the rest of my life in Cuba. And uh, I, I, lived to, I lived to tell that story, which is a pretty good one. Because it was immediate execution by the arresting officer was was the crime, you know. Oh so. no! <laughs> immediate execution. That's terrible. You know, I, I need a lawyer. I'll tell you, I need a lawyer. <laughs> I tell you even better one. I was coming into Cuba, and uh, we we were leaving Cuba in this little tiny boat, single screw, eighteen uh, foot piece of garbage. And as I'm, we're we're pounding the seas coming out. We had one Spanish speaker. He's like, "Screw this!" He we took him back and dropped him off in the jetty rocks. Left out of Key West, heading to Cuba. We're pounding, we're pounding seas so bad. I got a five gallon bucket on the floor, and I'm I'm tossing water, bailing. It's ba- I'm bailing. bailing. I'm bailing. I threw water for probably forty miles, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, at ten knots, that's like you know four hours of tossing. And uh, we're finding the seas lay down nice and flat like a lake. We cruise all the way to Havana Harbor. We're coming to Havana Harbor right about where they where they sink the Lusitania or whatever. And I'm laying down in the back of the boat. My life jacket's under my head. You know, I'm just enjoying the sun. <laughs> All of a sudden, I hear the engines cut, and I jump up, and in comes a Cuban gunboat, and they're on the they're on the boat, and they're they're screaming at us in, sp- in Spanish. I'm the only Spanish speaker, and and again, my Spanish is a little rough to say the least. Eighth grade Spanish, so I'm like, I jump up in the bow of the boat. I'm trying to save our lives, and I get scuttled, and I'm staring down a you know a armor plated gunboat with a big old fifty cal whatever's in the front of that thing, Russian stuff, and I'm trying to say you know in Spanish that we're heading to Marina Hemingway. We're Americans. There's no problem. And uh, Americano. They, they keep yelling back at me in Spanish, and we're we're going back and forth. This goes on for probably two minutes. Finally, they get behind the deflection plates. They're scuttling the boat. We're going down, and like one last. You're still bailing water. One, one last hail mary. I speak Spanish one last time, and like the captain, the boat. So we stick his head outside. He goes, "Hey, do you speak English?" 
And I said, yeah, uh, we're Americans. He goes, oh, no problem. Where are you going? And I told him, like, in English. He's like, oh, no problem. Down around the corner, Boat Peel's office. We were probably one trigger click away from being scuttled and landing on top of the Lusitania down there, wherever the hell the ship was at. The, the uh, in Havana Harbor. You know that guard just sitting there, bro, just got a boot camp. All he wants to do is light up a freaking fishing boat. Light up a fishing boat. And there I was, just rattling off some language you didn't understand. I thought it was Somali or something. I have no idea. <laughs> trying to yell Spanish at him. I'm hollering in Spanish trying to save, you know, five souls from still, dying. Still bailing the water. Those, those, guys, those guys are still laughing about that, by the way. Oh, shit. Even, and then uh, another Cuba story. As I'm leaving Cuba, um, this guy had two Mercury's. Now Mercury's are are American, so there's no parts in Cuba because we don't trade with the enemy, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he left a couple days ahead of us. Blew one motor, came back, blew a bottom motor, blew a lower transit. His boat's done in Cuba with two Mercs. He's done. Possession of Cuba on a sticker on his boat. He's done. I said, here's the deal. We're gonna leave at 4 a.m. I'm gonna toss you a line off our little shitty garbage scowl and hit the throttle down and hope for the best. The guy's like, all right, fuck. So we take off, throw my line throttle down we, we got to check out through security and stuff and the last guy's like okay i'm gonna give you about an hour and i'm gonna call you in because he can't let us steal that boat because that boat's yeah, yeah it's probably worth at the time quarter million you know yeah and uh, cubans know it's their boat and we're dragging it out of there on, on you know on the power of this old garbage scowl i'm in and uh throttle down we're doing like seven knots so it takes forever to get you know you know out 10 miles at 10 miles we cut the rope, call it, call the coast guard in comes a, you know, the coast guard comes in and saves you behind, you know? So we're, we're taking off about seven, eight miles out. I see the boats coming after us. And we're, we're, it was like, it was like a race for the 10 mile marker, but you could see them coming for like, you know, seven miles back. We're like, Oh, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. We cross the 10 mile mark, champagne pops. <laughs> the Cuban boats peel off us about, you know, quarter mile back, wave at us. And, and then we're in international waters. And uh, ran out of gas, actually. Dude, I don't... <laughs> See, and it, that's just... What's crazy is that you said international waters. Like, we... Getting back to the law side of things, we literally follow invisible lines. Like, no one thinks about that. I mean... Even our, like, our state lines are invisible. <laughs> they're... They're... Wait, hang on. We're, we're like little... We're, we're sheep in an invisible corral. Yeah. <laughs> speak for yourself big dog I'm, and, I, and i'm not speaking I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of those who are not listening to our podcast <laughs> it was quite flat coming across there so i will say you know it's flat from cuba to key west cuba. oh for sure i mean the, you'll find that everywhere on the earth i mean that's just how it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean think about it have you ever been in a boat and had to go uphill <laughs> exactly I'm with you on that one. Wait, stop. Hang on. Yeah, waves, dude. No, up uphill. The waves, of course, they're going to be there because there's you're... no hills in, in, in the oceans, man. Yeah, but the, the curvature of the earth. I don't even know how to respond to that one. I don't even know what to say to that one. Uphill on a boat. Well, you could just start with, like, hey, I'm sorry that I believe the lies of NASA and I'm with you now, brother. <laughs> no. <laughs> there's There's. No, that's not no. Yeah, there's up. Hang on. You go, up, you go up. There's I elevation change in rivers. Yeah, because they're coming off of a mountain. That's uphill. Yeah, from a mountain. 
the ocean is not no, coming off of a mountain. There's sea level because it doesn't downhill is, is underwater at that point. Thank you. Thank you for using that one. Notice how it says sea level, not sea sea curvature. All right. You know what? <laughs> this conversation. No. Well, I'll take you to court. I'll win this one in court all day. <laughs> going up on a you you can have you can even have Joe Biden as your lawyer. I'll take Trump. <laughs> exactly. There's no hills in the water, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, dear Lord. Okay, dude, just just own up to the fact that you're never leaving the planet. You, like you're stuck. No, I'm not stuck, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna travel in space when it comes privatized, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, look, I, it, I'll sign you up for Elon Musk's program to go to Mars. Uh, no, dude. No, that yeah. would suck. No, you could be one of the first. You could repopulate with the other monkeys. <laughs> no, thanks. Dude, imagine so, going to Mars. Imagine being stuck on Mars. Well, that's, that's all I can do is because it's imagination that I have to get there by because it's not happening any other way. Yeah, dude. There's definitely rovers on Mars as we speak. Well, if if you mean Mars by the desert, where NASA has one of their uh, the desert plains of Canada. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, the desert plains of Canada. Is that the first country that came to mind when you thought desert plains Canada? Listen, man. I I don't. I can't help you. I can't help that you fought a lie for your whole life. Like, no. Yeah. All right, we're we're gonna move on back to back to lawyer. There's the, the film studio yeah. in in, in uh, Hangar Fifty Six over there in Area Fifty Six. Area yeah. Fifty One. Area Fifty One, whatever it's called. Yeah. Nevada. Yeah, Area Fifty. I thought that was in Canada too, wasn't it? Huh? It was. I think it was. Yeah. It's Nevada, Canada. Oh my God. <laughs> so so how would we lost our one listener? So so, so how how would you go back if? If we had to go back to a constitutional republic, how would you go back and is that say, what we are? well, but then you have the laws and the laws are, okay. like I say, every interpretation of the law, uh, you take something as simple as Florida hand weapons. You got to have to have a license to carry, but it, it could ha- it, a Ziploc bag is a container. You can have your gun in a Ziploc bag, which is handy because you can shoot through it, but you could be non-concealed having it in a Ziploc bag. You know, <laughs> there's some crazy interpretations of that. So, Hundred percent. Uh, here, here, I'll, I'll use. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I was saying, go back to the constitution. How, how do you? You have to almost have one wave of saying, okay, every law we ever created, we're gonna toss in the garbage can and remove them all, and go back to, you know, seventeen seventy eight or whatever, when when we had very few laws and interpretations of it. And would that better or worse in America? I mean, yeah. we got to keep. We got to keep some law, like. Dude, I don't... Well, no. Here's the thing. I, I'm going all the way with it. Like, and I'll, I'll use an example first. I'll touch on the interpretation piece. So, my first arrest, I did a, a prank called "Fire in the Hole." It's basically where you throw a cup of water back to the drive-through window. Person gets wet, ruins their day. You drive off laughing, no big deal, right? Well, when I did this, uh, I went to flip the lid off the cup, and the lid didn't come off. So the cup hit the girl uh, who was pregnant at the time. And oh, no. There was oh. ice in the cup, and so because the lid stayed on, and it was considered to be a solid object that can cause bodily harm. This is this is how the law was twisted. The officer literally told me this to my face. He said, "Here's the deal: 
had the cup been uh, had the lid come off the cup and the cup hit the girl and the water hit the girl there I couldn't I would not be able to even hold a charge against you so this is this is how the interpretation of all that works like because we're sitting there going what's the difference from you deserve you know, prison for that you took no, the water time. on a pregnant lady yes it, it was minimum wage <laughs> it was premeditated of course like I went into the situation like I went to the one McDonald's that I knew had a pregnant drive through worker and I was like this is the one guys um no that's, that's true. but but so he, anyway that's the how the interpretation piece i like i affirm that so i have two cases where i was arrested so i'm a two-time convicted felon of course you know thug life let's go but um so we're going think, back to constitutional yes constitutional, here's the thing constitution. you you can't just say well we got to keep some keeping yeah. the amendments though are we keeping the like well, yeah i this, mean, I mean yeah. don't don't discriminate that's yeah, probably yeah. pretty damn good amendment you know that one but yeah. uh, it's not just the amendments to the Constitution. It's the interpretations of right. what the law means. Yes. What the problem is. So even though it says in writing, you know, thou shalt not kill or whatever, you know, you can kill and get away with it depending on certain things, certain criteria. If you're a prison guard, yeah. you choke somebody out. Is that is that uh, you killed? You deserve to die. Did he give up his right to live? You know? And, yeah, because because the thing is, it's like it's it's not thou shalt not kill. It's like it's thou shalt not murder. Okay, well, what defines murder? Was it self defense? Was it straight up murder? Did the person break in? Did you break into their home and you somehow won the fight? You know. So what I would say is, we we one hundred percent need to go all the way back to the beginning, strip it all, and start from there. And, and then at the end of the day, we got to see where these laws started to creep in because there's very evil people doing very evil strategic things in this world. Like we can argue that some other time. But, like, why did one law come into play and when? And, you see, you can trace these things. We have history that we can do these. Things. We can actually see where it was documented, all the stuff. How did we get to where we're at? I think it goes back to we allowed it. We, the people, got complacent. We started searching and seeking out comfort. We didn't want to work hard anymore. Um, and so as these things started to take place, things on the opposite side, the opposite scale of evil here started to also take place. And now these wealthy, comfortable people to protect their assets decided, oh, let's create laws against these quote unquote evil people. Um, but it you can't say like let's pick and choose. I think I think ultimately, you know, it was a lot different back then. I think when we started to open up our borders uh, or not close them off, however you want to look at that was where it opened up room for error. But I, I mean, even at the end of the day, like you can go back to how we even got to America, you know, there's depending on how you were taught history at the time you were in school dictates and determines the narrative of the story. Like there, there was many voyages to North America before we actually found it here, you know, but we only talk about, you know, Christopher Columbus and his five ships and a bunch of people that got sick it was all battle bloodbath over some Indians and some white people with these top hats. And then they had Thanksgiving turkeys and celebrated. And now we have a holiday. But, you know, that's, that's not the whole story. That's part of the story. So, I mean, when you really start to break down and get into the history of it and realize like, yes, both sides are wrong. There's some very evil things going on, you know, like it, it doesn't, it's not crystal clear. It's not as easy to come up with these things. I think where, we failed as the American people is we stopped looking out for the American people and thought to ourselves at some point we said, Hey, the government's actually on our side, even though the government works for us, we're supposed to not, you know, there's so many laws to protect the government. Now that's not even funny. Um, good luck fighting that one. 
that have to be a you know another civil war here. But when we gave that up, when we realized as people, and of course, you know, Josiah and myself were not old enough to be a part of that, but ultimately we're at fault now. Like the, the more we sit back and just let things happen or say, well, there's not much we can do. Oh, it's a law. And we're not willing to stick our necks out. If you look at history, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's the United States or any other country. There's these people that make the history books. Why did they make the history books? You know, of course, the classic ones, you know, Hitler, he made it for a, a massive reason. But in his mind, his reason was just like and that was the good thing that he was doing. You know, these other people like people created, you know, uh, electricity, Tom, you know, Thomas Edison, Benjamin Franklin and like the uh, Edison brothers, like all these people, like they, they made impact on history because they, they contributed something. The problem is there's so few of those people today. Like there's very few people like that in the last probably two generations that will make a history book because they impacted our society for a better. Uh, and that's our problem. And when you take away that ability to do that, you start to dumb down the American people and, and just feed them the knowledge you want them to understand. It cripples them. Um, it's, it's quite it's so funny. Uh, I was watching uh, Happy Feet 1 and 2 with my son today. And in that, dude, it's literally a foreshadow of like how our government system works. Like the whole story of Happy Feet is that because he's a little bit different than the rest of the penguins, he's the problem. Yet he becomes the guy that saves the penguin race at the end of the movie, which is, you know, that's literally how these people were in history. They were mocked. All these people that made history were mocked and ridiculed and persecuted for what they believed and thought and how they operated differently from society. But they made it in the history books because they actually impacted the, you know, the economy or the society for the better we've lost that like you know other than the three of us of course we'll make the history books with this podcast but like most people won't do that like our one listener he's going to make it because we've given him so many shout outs but um (laughs) it's like what happened to again why did we why is this podcast started you know to talk about these kind of things people don't talk people don't think for themselves and for sure they're not standing up on their own um, and that's where I would say is the, probably the number one problem and, and, and the reason why, you know, lawyers run the world. And, uh, yeah, that's my case. I like it. We need another civil war. This one's got to be east versus west, though. We can't we can't do another north-south. That, that just so I, some bad history there. We got to do I east think, versus west. I think it's got to be uh, less of a civil war, but more of a uh, – because, of course, that's the – a red. I just think it's got to burn around us. And – and unfortunately, the lavish society living on credit and everything else and government handouts. Uh, you look at Social Security, uh, you can Google it real quick here, but it goes bankrupt in, you know, it's a Ponzi scheme that goes bankrupt in 10 more years, give or take, somewhere around there. Um, yes. whatever, whatever it may be, I paid it all my life. I'll never see it, a paycheck in, 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 in my lifetime. Of course, you guys are paying it all your life. If that was in a 401k since I was 13, 14 years old or whatever. You know, I'd be sitting on a million dollars right now, uh, but because it's with the government, I won't get a nickel out of it, and that would be my retirement. Wait, your Social Security? Social Security, you get a check when you're sixty-five days. But but it's been borrowed from, borrowed from, and you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff on that. But okay. quick answer is that, um, you know, when people reach retirement age, if you maxed out all your years or whatever, you will get a check for you know whatever a couple grand a month or whatever and that's what you live on in your your house payments and things like that but uh anyways that's got 
that's going to be the start of it, I believe. And when that happens, you're going to have an elderly population like me. You know, you know, I'll be up to 65 here before too long. And I'll be staring at that same thing where, you know, what, what if I need health care? What if I need, uh, you know, a, a million dollar medical procedure, a liver or whatever it may yeah. be? You know, Mexico. It, yeah. Right yeah. There. Yeah. So, I, you know, we're going to be in a spot where they can't cover the bills. You know, people, so, you know, the, the sick will die off. Uh, you, you're going to have, uh, you know, mass beggars in the street, maybe me too, you know, out there. And it's going to be a situation where just the, you know, society's got to take care of it. Like we used to donate to churches and churches, you know, in the community took care of those people. And, and you, and the, those monies that you tithed uh, went out and helped out the, uh, you know, the, the less fortunate in life and it helped break that cycle of poverty. And you gave it in your community. It wasn't just a credit card backed by visa that somebody went to Walmart with and bought, you know, steaks once a month, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's going to, it'll be interesting when that happens in life because it'll start that, that, that poverty in America and the government can't take care of their people. We're going to be staring at government saying, feed me, you know, you know, we're, we're one dust bowl away from that happening. And, uh, you know, another 10, 20 years, America's going to be facing some real hard challenges and, and people are going to start taking hard looks once they're, once you're hungry and once you don't have water and food, you're going to start looking at, at, at what your government's done good and bad for you, you know? Yeah. It's going to be a reset, reset in the world. I mean, it, it go, let's go back to the loan thing, too. I mean, the reality is, I was just talking about this a little bit earlier today. Um, you know, people are in debt. They got a loan for their house. They got a loan for their car. They got a loan for their TV. They got a loan for their couch. Well, all the government has to do at this point, because they own the banks, is say, hey, we want our money now, and you got to pay it. Well, that's in the fine print of that contract with that check mark you put on your little app you know, or whatever it is, however you purchased it. And they, they have legal right to literally collect right there on the spot. Well, who has, you know, even let's just say it's 10 grand. Who has 10 grand in their pocket? You have to go to the bank just to get the 10 grand that you owe. Uh, it's not happening. So then they, you know, take everything from you or they say, actually, now you're collateral. That's, that's what, how it works. You know, something has to go as collateral for that. This is how they've won. They, they've got us to depend and they, especially my generation uh, or, you know, our generation, Lily and I, it's just so stupid. They, they don't even care about uh, how much something costs. They want to know how much is the payment. Like, and, and uh, I got so many buddies my age that are leasing stuff. I'm like, dude, you, you like, at least you'll never own that. You know that, right? Like you're just dumping money into something you'll never own. This is, it's, it's fear. It's all fear-based. It's all control-based. It's all, hey, I'm going to give you something. It's what you can get out of what you're giving. And in reality, you're actually, you're paying interest. So you're giving them twice as much. By the yeah, time you're absolutely. even done with it, you're, we're, you're. We're standing ahead. right now at the, uh, they pulled up the national debt clock. What is it? Clock? National debt yeah. clock in America. 17 we're trillion. 29.8 trillion. So we're, we're, we're 30 trillion in a few minutes here. We're 30 trillion away in debt. Now that, that could never be uh, paid back. Uh, as I understand, everybody says we owe it all to China. I think it's China's like less than 50%. Nonetheless, I also understand that $30 trillion is also the guarantee of what all your home, government-backed home mortgages and stuff, your first home buys, uh, yep. Josiah's retirement benefits from the military, blah, 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 uh, is all backed by this. Yeah, 100%. And, Does that uh, number just keep going up? Like what? Yeah, it doesn't Does that stop. number mean anything? Isn't it yeah. going up by the it's million? A it's a credit card. We owe $29 trillion, most of it. Well, not most of it, about less than 50% to China, but a significant portion of China is being our largest debt holder. There's some to 
there's no way that ever that ever gets paid. So what what eventually happens? It just- Here's what's crazy. This is fun. I just I, we were talking about this with some buddies last week. Um, by the way, that number, that trillion number that we're talking about, doesn't exist anywhere on our planet except to explain U.S. national debt. Yes. Uh, so that's a fun fact. Um, here's the other thing. I did the math, and I, I won't break down the whole formula. I'm not going to show my homework on this. Uh, you can we can do it some other time because it takes takes a minute. Um, basically, every United States citizen is collaboration towards that debt. And the the rough, if you do a quick Google search, what is the average life or what is what is the uh, human life worth in dollar amounts? Is you can get anywhere from ten to forty million dollars. The most consistent is roughly ten million dollars. Okay, well, if you do uh, the amount of United States citizens divided into the United States national debt, it actually comes out to $16 million. And what's interesting is you can find that average. You can actually break that average, that $10 million average I I talked about, about our our lives and what they're worth. And you can actually get a closer number to $16 million. And so we actually, as the American citizens, are collaboration towards the United States national debt. That, that, I'm not wrapping my head around this. We so we're uh, this is big boy math. Or... Yeah, we're collateral. How's that get? putting anything feasible? Like, what are we gonna check this population out? So, like, of, population of the U.S. 329 million. Okay. Now, if you just quick math is uh, of of everybody in the U.S. I understand that most people are takers. In other words, when I'm in Social Security, I'm taking from the government, right? Yeah. I'm no longer yeah. producing for the government. Ish. You know, I might, I might have properties and real estate, whatever, but let's say if I truly retire, I'm a taker. I, if my, my children are, are part of the $329 million, they're obviously not producing, right? Um, my grandmother, if she was alive, wouldn't be producing, blah, blah, blah. So less than 50% of America, and there's other people that are 30 years old and on Social Security and other stuff, uh, benefits. So of the 320, there's only like a hundred. 50 million actually paying a bill. Some not paying a whole lot of taxes, some paying $10 or breaking even their taxes. Yeah. Uh, but when you, if you divide those quick numbers, 30 million by a hundred, what's that? Is that each person knows $2 million? Each working person knows $2 million to the federal debt to, if we had to pay it off tomorrow, you'd have to stroke a check for $2 million each ish. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and this and, stuff, there's got to be, there's got to be a catch. There's got to be something we're missing. <clears throat> well, like, what? here's the answer is that, all of our property. So uh, if I bought a home tomorrow with 10% down, the 90% owned by the bank, the bank is backed by that. So those that lend money to the U S are backed. So if you look at all the property owned in the U S all every corner store, every, anything that has a loan on it, which is most, most properties in America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably like 70, 80% of the properties are not outright, owned by the individual yeah, i would even go higher probably with that yeah 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 so because or refi if you refi it you're back in the same program yep. because of because of that that's the guarantee so if we go if the government goes bankrupt and can't pay back our note the u.s dollar standard goes away in the world we become a second class nation and because of and china would the china would probably become this one of their long-term games uh and then we would then be paying our note to 35% to China, whatever they owe the debt, and then to Europe, whatever. So you would, your property would be backed by those individuals. A scary, a scary prospect because 
you know, in the U.S., you don't pay your bills. Oh, you, you can fall back on uh, bankrupt. I get to keep my house, things like that. That's not going to exist anymore when you no longer have the laws. You, you owe the money to another country. And yeah. they can say, I own that property. Get out of my house. Yep. Yeah, I think I talk about a flat earth. I don't, I don't like this topic. <laughs> well, hey, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. I'll, I'll get us there real quick with this next thing. Let's take it a step further. Let's take this into the book of Revelation here as prophesied that we eventually have a one world system, government, blah, 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 and all that fun stuff. Because here's the reality. Look up every single country. There's not a single country that's not in debt to another country, including China, which is it doesn't make any sense. Like that is actually not logical in any way, shape and form that everybody is borrowing money from somebody and multiple people in some cases. But yet everybody owes somebody else something else. Yeah, I, I can't explain that one either. Which means there has to be a one world leader coming to the globe, aka Satan, the first beast, second beast. When he comes into power, all that money is going to go to him. He's going to have his new kingdom, the fourth kingdom, as the fourth beast is described in the book of Revelation and in Daniel. And then we're going to get that implant chip in our hand or in our right hand or forehead. We're all going to walk after the beast and those who take of it, of course. And that's when he's going to stand up on the mountain and say, look, I've been telling you guys that ice wall in Antarctica goes around the entire circle of disc. It's a flat earth, baby. <laughs> that's when it happened. <laughs> that's the big reveal. <laughs> that's the big reveal. The flat earth. I told you I was going to get us there quick. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we're, we're, heading, uh, we're heading into bedtime over here. But... Yeah, same. Man, it's been awesome, guys. I can't wait to get back on one of these things and hear about some other crazy stuff. <laughs> Really, I know. Let's do a little bit lighter, lighter topics next time. Yeah, let's talk about how there's. Uh, let's let's get let's give the flat Earth uh, theory a little bit of a break. Let's try to somehow prove it is a globe next time we're on here. I, I'm down, dude. That that'll take <laughs> that'll take a couple minutes. We'll do it. All right. All right well, guys. this this podcast was brought to you today by Buns and Udders, an unofficial official no, it's sponsor. Not. No, it's not. <laughs> Buns and Udders, the official sponsor. It was not not brought by Buns and Udders. It's not our sponsor. <laughs> I right, check it out. It's going to be brought to you by Buns and Others, but uh, once I get my Mountain Meat going, which is uh, jerky, then we'll be sponsored by them. I like that better, Mountain Meat. That sounds good. Sweetest meat in town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 All right, big dogs. All right, big dogs. Big dogs. Big dogs. Okay. We're out. <gasps>